Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Including Steven Adams, um, you're the best defensive team in the, in, the, in the league next year. You know, Again, health, barring health, and Lord knows you can't. Uh, that's the that's the issue for the Grizzlies this season. But I can envision a season next year where you've got those pieces, you've got Smart, you've got Vince Williams Jr. Uh, uh, healthy, and you're one of the best defensive teams because we for the little bit we've seen of it for stretches, as Harrington has pointed out and everybody else has, they've been one of the best defensive fourth in the in the in the league since late November, uh, ninth overall right now in defensive rating. So uh, hope Marcus Smarts gets better quickly, but. Again, uh, I guess next year is what matters most at this point. We've got plenty more to talk about, including this uh, Bill Belichick, New England's Patriots parting of ways. We will talk, obviously, about Nick Saban, Alabama, especially now with Dan Lanning uh, off the list, the Oregon coach who was everyone's favorite to replace Nick Saban, or certainly the betting favorite to replace Nick Saban. Uh, he is already off the list. So where do you turn now if you are Alabama? You know, Do you turn to a Mike Norville down at Florida State? Who I agree with Drew. Might be, it might be the perfect time to get out with all the mess going on with Florida State trying to get out of the ACC. And always, the, I, I, I'll add this to Drew's point, that, that sort of Dion Specter, bringing, bringing the hero back home and how there, there, it does seem, and it's, it's a quieter part of the fan base right now because of what Mike Norvell accomplished this season, but it does, it does seem like there, there is a part of that fan base that's always going to want or at least uh, think about a time where Dion is coached. You avoid all that mess. The whole Dion specter behind you that, may, you know, oh, hey, well, what would Dion be doing? I mean, most of that you could sort of put down. Like I said, he quieted pretty much everybody this season with the year he had. But you get away from that mess, right? Anybody even talking with you about Dion behind your back, you get away from this Florida State ACC mess and them wanting out um, would make a ton of sense for Mike Norvell to want Alabama. Uh, I'm curious with Dan Lenning off the board if that you know how high he is on the list. Obviously, guys like Kiffin you're going to consider as well. Kalen DeBoer, I mean, he was three and zero. Jeffrey pointed out he's three and zero against Dan Lanning. If you like Dan Lanning, shouldn't you love Kalen DeBoer? He beat him three times, three and zero against him. Uh, the Washington coach, maybe he's a guy they consider. Lot to get to uh, in the rundown. We'll do that when we get back. You're listening to J and J nine two nine FM ESPN. Back to the Jason and John Show, live from the Leaders Credit Union Studios. Let Leaders Credit Union champion your financial story at leaderscu.com slash ESPN, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Memphis 
group at, Re- at the real estate agency. Excuse me. It's the Live Love Memphis, Live Love Nash, and Live Love DeSoto teams because they're all over. It's not Live Love Memphis. We just say Live Love Memphis for short. Of course, we love this place. I, I love Jennifer Karstensen and the job. It's real. is real straight-up love. That's no joke, no exaggeration. Uh, the job that she did for me in selling my home five years ago changed her life. You probably heard that before. Uh, but it's a story I love telling because, again, a guy who didn't know anything about home selling who should have hired her 13 years before if I could have. She hadn't started her business then. Uh, before I had bought that home, she got me out of a bad situation, put us in our dream home. She's done it for a bunch of folks. Uh, my folks, Contar, uh, my man Alvin recently had a home in Raleigh. He got out of that thing as well, but she's all over, not just in Raleigh, although she can sell your home there. Uh, Germantown, she knows like the back of her hand. Again, she's extended her business out to Nashville, so if you know somebody up that way, uh, up in the Nashville area, have her, have them give her a call, 901-625-5200. Just sent the number to my brother who's got a home in Cordoba. He's looking to swing, and I'm hoping Jennifer can help him with that. It's real. Um, again, you'll find out. You make that call, 625-5200. Jennifer's the best in the business. Make her the first call. She's likely going to be your last call. I promise you that. It's the Live Love Memphis, Live Love Nash, and Live Love DeSoto teams at the Real Estate Agency every day around this time. A little late to it. We do the rundown. Let's go. It's the rundown with the biggest stories of the day from Jason and John on 92.9 FM ESPN. First story. Bill Belichick has spoken. The parting of ways has happened. And uh, after 24 seasons, he said, we're going to move on. He is. He really said that. They're going to be. He's going to be moving on. This is not a deal. Uh, like Nick Saban, where he appears that, you know, Nick Saban's hanging it up. Nick Saban's 72. They're both close in age and close friends, uh, both in their 70s. Bill Belichick is parting ways with New England and apparently going to coach right away again. Now, it is the end of a dynasty. There's no question about that. And now that we've had him speak on it, um, we've had Robert Kraft. uh, I believe that presser went off at the top of the last hour, 11 o'clock, our time. This is a move that we mutually agree that is needed at this time, Robert Kraft, uh, owner, said. Uh, what Bill accomplished, in my opinion, will never be duplicated, and I agree with him on that. Belichick said he'll always be a patriot. Uh, we had a vision of building a championship football team that has exceeded my wildest dreams and expectations. I'm very proud of that. I'll always have those great memories. We'll carry those with me the rest of my life. Bill Belichick had one year left on that contract uh, with the Patriots, with whom he won six Super Bowls. All of them, yes, with the uh, Hall of Famer, with Hall of Famer and a GOAT himself, Tom Brady, uh, but nothing to be taken away from Bill Belichick, who is you know, one of the best defensive coaches we've seen, but clearly one of the GOATs all time. You know, you win six. It makes you attractive, even at this age, even at this stage of his career, perhaps, but it, um, Adam Schefter seems to indicate he thinks he will be. He'll be right up there at the top of the list for some of these openings now. Uh, seven other NFL teams have openings, head coaching vacancies. And the one you hear the most right now, and I'm not sure, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm not sure it makes a lot of sense to me, but the one we've seen most at least to start for Bill Belichick, who again, this is a deal where you've got a, a GOAT who plans to, it appears to keep on coaching. Maybe, maybe it, two Pete Carroll is on that list because while the Seahawks in their statement about him yesterday said, you know, we want him in the organization making decisions as a consultant, sure seemed from an emotional Pete Carroll afterwards there. He was a guy that he obviously wanted to be back with them, but uh, Pete Carroll also in his 70s seemed like a guy who wanted to keep on going. Obviously, Bill does too. So back to that. 
the team that's most mentioned is the Atlanta Falcons, who I believe uh, our man Connor Dunning uh, is, is a uh, is wise on. You're a Falcons guy, right? I'm not a Falcons guy. I was okay. a Bajan Robinson owner. You were a, B, a Bajan Robinson owner, <laughs> so that's why you Falcons had, guy. Uh, I tried to falsely make you a Falcons guy. You're not. Um, the Falcons don't have a quarterback. The Patriots didn't have a quarterback. And that would be my thing about hiring Bill Belichick at the stage is that if I don't already have my quarterback that I can sort of, let's be real, not have to worry about. You know, it's when Bill was asked to, okay, uh, you know, when you've got Tom Brady under center, sure, you're going to, you'll be involved with the offense, you'll know the game plan and everything else, but for the most part, you can just leave it to him. You can focus on what you do best, which is defensively. Uh, and, and they were. And, and Bill's defenses have been great, and they continued to be. That's one thing that really didn't let up was his defenses. But when you are, f- are tasked with developing the replacement, a new quarterback, and in this case, Mac Jones, who we know Bill Belichick with his personnel power, had a great deal, uh, was, was greatly involved in choosing Mac Jones, and then you can't come up you know, you can't put together the plan. Now, some of that, part of it, maybe more than half of it could be you pick the wrong guy and Mac Jones, but clearly you look at the receivers they had. They let Jacoby Myers walk away. They never went out and got any weapons for the young quarterback, which is what you do in today's NFL. That's where I go back to the Falcons, who I, t- I would tell you don't have a quarterback with between Ritter and Heineke and probably are, are, are looking in a situation where you've got a top 10 pick, and that is probably the priority if you don't have that guy right now and you're trying to pick the next one, Bill hadn't shown since Tom Brady that he can handle that. Uh, again, and that is not to dismiss what he has accomplished, the fact that he is one of the, uh, one of the goats, if not the goat. I know we, I've heard that conversation today. Maybe we'll, we'll get to it a little bit later in terms of if you had to pick if there was an ultimate goat between Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, if you combine them, obviously you can call easily and it not be a debate. Bill Belichick, the goat when it comes to NFL coaching and Nick Saban, the goat when it comes to college football. But if you compared the two and there is some symmetry there in terms of the careers and the dynasties they built, is there, could you put one above the other or do they have to stay side by side? I heard a little bit of it with Jeffrey and Jeff. I think Jeffrey's point was that, you know, it's, it's tough to separate them, that they're both goats, but come on. We're in a sports talk world where we rank things. And so maybe that's something we will address later. But, again, I go back to the point. It, I'm, I'm seeing the most smoke about Atlanta, but I don't, I don't know that that's the perfect situation for him. I do know there's a history, obviously, of Arthur Blank, the, the Atlanta owner, going after Big Fish. Uh, and he has done that in the past. Now he ends up with Arthur Smith this last go-around. After three years, he's moved on from Arthur Smith. So I understand that, that Blank is a guy who will go after uh, the big fish, and maybe that'll be the case. But, again, I would have my question marks and my concerns if I'm Arthur Blank, whoever is in that front office at this point, about Bill Belichick and his ability at this stage of his career to, again, go pick my next quarterback and then develop him. All of that said, again, it doesn't take away um, from the greatness and the fact that Bill Belichick still wants to coach is only 15 games away from passing Don Shula as your all-time winning as football coach. And so clearly the fire still burns. Uh, which of these situations is best for him uh, well, remains to be seen. Again, I, I tell you a situation like the Chargers where you've got Justin Herbert, and if you've got a trusted offensive coach, it could be similar or at least more like what you've got now in terms of you don't have to worry so much about that offensive side or developing or trying to pick my guy because, to me, 
and and I do. I, I reserve this. Uh, you know, a lot of people have already placed Justin Herbert in the elite category and put him up there with the big dogs, the Patrick Mahomes. From an arm talent standpoint, sure, he's still got to win more in the playoffs. That said, I have come around watching Justin Herbert this season uh, as pieces fell all around him. And I tell you, too, in some of the personnel decisions, they've, they haven't helped him at all. He is a guy that is firmly proven enough to me that if I'm Bill Belichick, I look at that situation, okay, I've got my quarterback. This can be like what I had in New England. Let me focus on my defense. And they've Chargers have got some pieces. There's, uh, I'm not sure what Khalil Mack's contract status is, but I'm with him and Bosa. I mean, the Chargers have got pieces defensively. And so it will be interesting to see both what Bill Belichick elects to do, how in demand he is. Uh, Adam Schefter continues to insist he will be at the top of the list for some of these teams. Perhaps it is Atlanta. And then, of course, what the Patriots are going to do. Now, to that, we've talked at length about the possibility of Mike Vrabel who I'm, I'm pretty sure, I don't have it right in front of me, I'm pretty sure never coached under Belichick, but obviously won those, uh, those I think it was three titles that Mike Vrabel of the six that he won playing for Bill Belichick. And we know there's Patriot ties there. But the guy you've, you, you have seen his name there for a while now and who is listed as the favorite uh, and in many, you know, many stories I've read on this and everything else is Gerard Mayo, their linebackers coach that Kraft loves and apparently re-upped from a contract standpoint last year. Now, is that, you know, here's the thing. Like we said, the, the New England defense really hasn't let up. and it, It's continued to be good. I don't want to say elite at this point because we've seen elite defense is Cleveland this year. That said, so Gerard Mayo, for, for everything he's been over, has been uh, uh, apparently still an effective coach. Now, again, is it, you know, there hasn't been, I can certainly point to some, you know, just because you come from the Bill Belichick coaching tree, and because Robert Kraft is familiar with you and you're familiar with the Patriot way, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work either as a head coach with the Patriots or anywhere else. And I could go down the list of former, you know, Patriot assistant coaches who were picked and plucked, likely, you know, uh, um, to the detriment of candidates who deserved it over them, picked and plucked because they worked for Bill Belichick. And people think Joe Judge, because he's special teams coach of the Patriots, is going to be a good head coach. In that case, it was the Giants. We've seen Josh McDaniels get a couple of cracks as a head coach, and it hasn't worked out. My point would be that I can't guarantee you Gerard Mayo would be a great head coach for the New England Patriots, but what I know is that, again, if he's in charge of that, well, linebackers in the sense of defense, um, that has been, you know, that's been something that's continued to be pretty good for them. We'll see. I would be interested at this point. My top candidate would be Mike Vrabel just because I know he's proven. And when Mike Vrabel, and let's be real, the Patriots a lot of times have tried to win with less particularly, you know, when it comes to paying high-dollar receivers or whatever else. Mike Vrabel, if you're going to continue to want to go that route, and, and we can argue whether that's the right route, probably doesn't work in this day and age, but Mike Vrabel's a guy who's maximized and done more with less. Mike Vrabel's a guy who's had, you know, and it probably ended up being towards, you know, starting the beginning of the end, but, you know, your GM's pulled A.J. Brown from up under you, and you've, you know, you, you've managed to still win not the last two years, but you'd managed to stay relevant. Uh, a guy who's been a, 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 a number one seed in the playoffs, and again, I would tell you, maximized everything he had. That, if I were the Patriots, I would feel like, okay, Vrabel is more proven. But again, Gerard has been around Robert Kraft the last few, few years. He's a Patriot, and that may very well be the direction they go. Uh, back to Bill Belichick. Again, what's it going to be in terms of the openings? You've got seven others. We'll see. He is 71 years old now with 333 career victories. Again, that ranks him second all-time between uh, behind Don Shula. Just 14 behind, needs 15 to break. There's no question. I mean, he's a GOAT. 
I, I, I do say, though, that, you know, in terms of his legacy, and it's, it's pretty indefensible. I mean, he's, he's a goat in terms of NFL coaches. I'm not even going to use the word tarnished, but in seeing Tom Brady leave and seeing sort of the unraveling of their dynasty and then Tom leave and go win a Super Bowl, it does have an effect in terms of, of what you think about Bill Belichick's ability, again, to handle everything. Uh, because, you know, once he had that Hall of Famer in place, again, you're, you're pretty set on that side. And so, you know, from if you're, we're having a conversation, let's say, about comparing Bill Belichick to Nick Saban, who, yes, has, you know, I, I realize he's, you know, Nick Saban's had different quarterbacks, right? I mean, he's had to go through different iterations uh, of players that, and hasn't just done it at Alabama, won a national title, obviously, at LSU, but it's not all based on one guy. I mean, I do, I do think that's a relevant point in the conversation if you're trying to differentiate between the two guys, and us sports talk guys are the kind of folks that would, but we're we're doing this around water coolers, and again, you can call both of them goats very easily and walk away from the water cooler, but if you were ranking them one and two, um, I do think the Tom Brady presence and Saban having to do it again with different quarterbacks, with uh, yeah, di- different offensive lines, different teams, different times. Your some some years your defense is your strength, some years your offense. Saban, who's shown us too that at one point, you know, he didn't want to go to a wide open offense, but 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 adjusted to that and started bringing in offensive coordinators who were more with the times to that point and and was willing to adjust. And what did it do? It led to more national titles. I I, I maybe it already, you know, I've already tipped off who I would lean toward is in terms of GOAT status between Belichick and Saban, but I, I think I would because and, – and here's the other thing, and Connor, I'm interested to get your opinion because I, I am. I'm going to hold you to the fire, and unlike, I'm going to make you, make you rank them. But the other thing is, is this, and, and I'm sure there are always exceptions, but when you hear people talk about Bill Belichick, and I'm talking about guys who have played for him, right, or went against him or whatever else, it's always, okay, he's a GOAT. He's the best football coach. It was the business-like approach. Take emotion out. One guy is never over the team. All the sports cliches we've heard, but great coach, right? And I'm sure some, again, in the exception, would tell you first, great man. But when you hear people talk about Nick Saban, and especially now and at this point in his career, you'll hear the great coach talk and everything else I just laid out about how he adjusted and, again, was willing to bring in offensive guys that had to, you know, had to open up Nick's mind. This is college football now. A guy who is a, a, a guy like that who was willing to adjust. You you hear them say all the great things that you would about the college football coach he was. But whether it's Barrett Jones, uh, uh, Memphis product, ECS standout, went to Alabama, won national championships with Nick, or Steve Sarkeesian, Texas coach, who sort of had his his career. You know, uh, Nick Saban helped him a great deal just in terms of. Uh, you know, everything – Sarkeesian at this point, you could have labeled him a failure when he goes over uh, to work with Nick Saban as a, a consultant and an offensive guy. And you – I don't know if you – Connor, you saw it, but on college game day this year, um, uh, Sarkeesian revealed – and maybe it had already been a story that was out there, but that's where I saw it first was on college game day. Sarkeesian talked about that Nick Saban saved his life. Now, it's a – it's a it's – a, that may be a bit of an exaggeration, but he could also say, no, it's directly true. Because Nick Saban, um, his father, passed away at the age of 46 due to a heart condition. And so one of the things that Nick Saban did was he made sure that his coaches were getting checked out physically each year, particularly their heart. And so Steve Sarkeesian, uh, as a part of that staff, 
finds out like he's got I don't, I don't again I don't have all the details but that he's got a blockage and immediately needs he's got a blockage in I think two arteries or uh, immediately needs didn't know he's walking around with this this heart condition didn't know he'd had one it immediately has to have surgery to fix it the guy had to learn how to walk again and everything else and then he, he he's able to come back Nick Saban gives him that time off. He's able to come back, help them win a national title, and it helps him get his job at Texas. But back to his point, and Sarkeesian has said this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Like, Nick Saban saved my life. And you can say, well, yeah, his dad died, and so he put in a program, and the, the doctors ended up saving Sarkeesian. But to do that, right, to think about your other coaches – whether it's through experience, like your father passing away or whatever else, you're, you're, you're thinking about others. You're, it, it expresses a care for others that goes beyond, hey, you're just helping me win football games. It, it's, it, you don't want to see them, and especially in the high-pressure uh, situ- you know, high atmosphere that, that coaching is, you don't want to see those guys succumb to the same fate, certainly yourself, but, but the guys around you succumb to the same fate. And in Steve Sarkazian's case, it actually helped save his life. And so back to the point. You'll hear as many stories about Nick Saban, the man, and I've heard them a bunch from Barrett Jones. You know, he's talked about how great a coach Nick Saban was, but also the man and what the man was able to draw out of him in terms of greatness, in terms of achieving things that maybe at one point you can't, you don't think you can. So I, I wonder if that's part of the debate as well. That maybe, maybe it just is for me that when I lean to Nick Saban, uh, I, it's not just coach for me. It's not just wins for me and a dynasty. He obviously built it at, at Alabama that rivals, you know, anything that rivals certainly what Bill Belichick, but because it's man and coach, I lean towards Nick as the goat. Is that, is that, is that crazy? No, it's, it's not at all. To be quite honest, I think that you lean one way or the other, that would be the direction that you took that discussion was where I was going to go when you asked me the question, because it's difficult, I think, to truly compare their coaching on the field because Belichick was NFL. Saban was, you know, college football. Saban tried in the NFL. He wasn't very successful. And when you look at their accomplishments, you know, 
Nine SEC titles for Saban, six championships. For Belichick, nine Super Bowl appearances, six Super Bowl championships. If you're talking about pure coaching, just X's and O's, I'm probably taking Belichick. But everything that goes along with being a a head coach in any sport, I think I'm going to have to lean Saban. And it's because the way people talk about him who have previously played for him or coached under him, they revere that man. Bill, it's a little bit different when, when they talk about him. They're like, yep. it was, it was, it was, uh, it was business there. Transactional. Yeah, I'm glad I was there. I learned a lot. I, I learned how to be a professional. But the, he doesn't have, I think, the the close knit relationships that Saban was able to build. And to be quite honest, I think personality Saban's got a little bit more of that as well. I would lean Saban. Um, I've also watched him kick the Vols' ass for 17 seasons. Oh, so man, you know, yeah. it's difficult not. I have a bit of a. <laughs> What the syndrome, what's it called? I can't remember what it is where you fall in love with your captor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm going through right now with Saban. Um, I would lean Saban, though, but it's, it's real close. I do think, though, I'm interested to see what Belichick does next because I do think that he could have a run here that reclaims the title of, okay, yeah, he's he can really get it done because I, I do want to run this by you because it's a rumor that's begun circulating today. I'm not a Falcons guy, but I think because I was paying attention to, I tried to make so many Falcons of their guy. guys, so sorry. I, I've somehow I, I've waded into their, their Twitter-verse. There's an idea out there that they're going to go get Belichick and trade for your guy, Justin Fields. Come on and get him. Really? Well, even before Belichick was a possible candidate for this job, or maybe even you know the favorite now, we had said that Atlanta was the perfect situation, and you know especially if you were keeping Arthur Smith, who needs a quarterback. But the point is, whether they got Arthur Smith or they don't, and they fired him, they don't. Um, Justin Fields is perfect. He's perfect for Atlanta. You think about what their what their rushing offense would look like with Justin and Bijan, and what you could do with those two. And so, it makes a lot of sense. And then and then the issue is, and I don't have the the mock draft in front of me. I, th- I think they're around eight. The issue is, are you going to be able to get? a better quarterback than Justin Fields at eight because there's a good chance, and ESPN's latest mock draft had it, that your top three QBs, if that's one one of the ones you like, Caleb Drake, Caleb Williams, Drake May, um, and obviously Jaden Daniels out of LSU will be gone one, two, three. And so I, I say that to go back to your point. It's it's nine? It's eight. eight. It is eight. Yep. That was right. Thank you. Um, I go back to your point. I'm, I'm, I'm not, yeah. Thank you for doing that, brother. That's a it, 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 um, that immediate feedback was very, very much appreciated. So I, I do that to make the point: if you can't get one of those three guys, then your best bet might be to trade for Justin Fields. You know, you, uh, rather than selling, settling. In my case, in my eyes, it would be settling for a JJ McCarthy, who you're trying to talk yourself into is worth a number eight pick. You know, I think JJ's a guy who should go a little lower, maybe lower in the first round, maybe second round. Just hasn't proven what those top three guys have done. Back to the point: would make a lot of sense. They're picking at eight to go get a guy like Justin Fields. And you probably won't have to trade. Some have suggested, and I've seen it in some in, 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 uh, in NFL circles, that, that you'd be willing to give up the number eight pick to the Bears for Justin Fields. I don't think that that's, that's – to me, I don't think the ha- you don't need to send – I think the Bears would give you Justin Fields for a second-round pick. I think the idea that you could get the eight pick oh, – I mean, my eyes would light up if I'm the Bears. You would be fleecing Atlanta if you can get the eight pick for Justin Fields. I think they'd be able to get him back to this point of could Belichick get Justin Fields. I think you'd be able to get him for a second-rounder because, again, the Bears have got two first-round picks, number one, number nine. They have no second-round picks because they traded uh, for Montez Sweat with the Commanders. And so the Bears could pit, use a second 
second-round pick. And like I said, I just think the idea that you could get a top-ten pick for Justin Fields is a little bit far-fetched. He's shown he's a fantastic athlete. He's shown that he can win games with his arm. What he hasn't shown is that he can be a pocket passer. And if you, if you have a franchise quarterback, uh, I think a part of, of the makeup that you want is an ability to win from the pocket. C.J. Stroud has certainly shown that's where he's most comfortable. But you have to certainly have that ability. I think it's part of you know what Jalen Hurts has still got to do. Because, again, if you are always running, uh, there is that likelihood that you can go. Lamar Jackson has shown you now uh, that he can win games from the pocket. It's the one part of Justin Fields' game that he hasn't proven he can do. And so um, makes a lot of sense, though, again, especially if I can't move if I can't trade up into the top three and go get one of those elite, you know, top, I'm putting I'm putting Jaden Daniels on the Caleb because I think he's going to end up there on the Caleb Williams tier, on the Drake May tier. I really do think Jaden Daniels, by the time we're done, is going to be, you know, we could go one, two, three. If you can't get one of those three guys, it would make a lot of sense to me to trade for Justin Fields if you're Bill Belichick. Again, it goes back to the point that at least you would have a guy who's been in the league, you know, a guy, again, Justin Fields still needs development. He's still he's not a, he's not a finished product like you know closer like Justin Herbert is closer to being, and so I'd still have my question marks, but it would make a lot of sense uh, if Atlanta did made those moves again. Belichick again I I just had I'm uneasy about the idea of him developing a uh, a rookie quarterback. So we'll see what happens um, with that. And again, I, we probably got prematurely into the save my Saban and uh, and Bill Belichick coaching uh, goat debate. But, uh, Connor, I'm in, I'm in agreement with you. And I hope you're not just telling me that because you're sitting here looking at my face. No, no. You'll, it's, tell, it's, you'll tell Gabe this it afternoon. That, it matters no, what happens I'm with you. I, I think it's all of it. And, again, it's for, for Saban. It's, it's, for me, it's all-encompassing. I will – the final point on this, though, because it does seem like if you read from reports that Saban is – as much as I've praised him for the way he adjusted, especially his offense through the years, and sort of – and, and, and updated, got current – in terms of the guys that he's brought in, it's the state of college football, much like Coach K, it feels like, right, uh, in college basketball, who made it pretty clear it's the changing landscape that he doesn't like, right, or, or is tired of or doesn't want to be a part of anymore. And he's talked about how transactional it's become. But, I, you know, that's one thing about it is I've never said, and, and, I, and I, I haven't, you know, when Ryan Silverfield's talked about, you know, NIL, I, I, we've always said, and I've stuck to this, we don't want to hear the excuses, right? Just get it done, and it's tougher for Ryan Silverfield than it is for Nick Saban. There is a part of me that is saying, especially, I mean, you read the reports from Chris Lowe, he was interviewing assistants, you know, beforehand. There, the, the, apparently, according to Chris Lowe, everybody in the program was shocked because he was in there interviewing assistants, you know, and, and, and then it changes course and is telling the players, you know, I'm getting out of here. But um, back, to, back, back to that point. It does seem like he's walking away from, rather than adjusting, and you know what? Yeah, Texas A&M got all that NIL. And, and uh, yeah, rather than adjusting, he's, he's saying, I've had enough. Now, he's earned that, and he's earned the right to, to be able to do it and still you know, be regarded as the GOAT. But it does feel like he's doing a little bit of the, I don't you know, want to change with these, these, these changing times in college football. And I have given coaches grief for, you know, for, for, for crying and whining about that because you're still making millions and everything else. Oh, man, just change with the times. That's the job now. If you don't want it, then don't take it, right? That's what I've said, to, you know, when it comes to Ryan Silverfield or any college coach who's facing the NIL question. All of that said, it doesn't take away from the from the coach that Nick Saban was, doesn't it? I mean, it does. It feels like Coach K and that the, the sense that he feels like it's right time. I mean, he's got Jalen Milrow coming back next yeah. year. You were just interviewing assistants, but I get that he's sort of, 
he's a, I, I just it's not a mark against him, but it's a case where you've decided early 70s here, you don't want to adjust anymore. Well, and I think that he also proved this season because Gabe and I have discussed multiple times how both of us think that this season was one of his best coaching jobs ever. He saw what happened the first few weeks. He adjusted his team, and he changed his offense completely. He changed the way he was recruiting. He used the transfer portal to bring guys in. An interview has, has emerged today and, and yesterday when after he announced that he was retiring. I, can't, I don't know if it was before the season or during the season, but he talked about how the 14-hour grind of every single day it's just starting to catch up to him now yep. that he's 72 years old. He said 10 years ago, it, it was no problem. Can, yeah. But being at the age of 72 in the changing landscape of college football, he probably, you know, although the, this past season was one of his best coaching seasons, it was still probably so difficult to get that done. He just probably realized this is probably the time that I need to hang it up. My legacy is secure. I can't do any better than I've already done. So I'm going to hang it up, let this team move forward, let this program move forward. And to be honest, it may be best for Alabama long-term that he got out now. You know, he left at the top, the cream of the crop that you could possibly. He is the undisputed goat of college football. It's not even close. So now Alabama can find his replacement, and they can start their new era in moving forward without Nick Saban. And it sounds like he's still going to be around helping the program. It's so funny today that he he showed up at 7 a.m. He showed up at the offices this morning he doesn't know any at different. 7 a.m. He, he doesn't know any different. Um, I'm going to miss him, though. I'm, I'm truly, I truly am going to miss him. Yeah, an absolute staple. And a, and a guy that you could go to now because he's gotten a little bit more lighthearted as times have gone. You go to now and get a great quote from him. You get a good laugh with. Game day? Uh, yeah, all the time. I mean, Laura Rutledge has got a great relationship with him. You want to see Nick Saban in front, you know, see the, the two of them together. Um, and, and he does. He's, he's soft. Now, he had, was, it, was it Maria Taylor that he went off on? It was. I remember after one game, uh, he, he told her and, and stop asking or something like that. I think oh, I want to. I don't want to be wrong, but I, I'm not going to do it. So quit asking. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. And I want to tell you because we because we criticized him at that time. I'm just saying he wasn't always the sweetest and wasn't always the most lighthearted. And he certainly had some of those pop moments where he could be as condescending or or as rude as as anybody, and especially to someone who's just in the media just trying to do their job and not necessarily trying to be intrusive. They've just got to ask these obligatory questions. So there there were times. It was Maria. I thought so. It was Jalen and Tua. Yeah, I remember talking about it and saying, dude, you didn't need to go there. Uh, he loves him some Laura Rutledge, but he didn't like Maria Taylor too much. He, t- he put Maria in her place. I see you, Nick. Um, maybe, you know, and maybe he, he, again, we were talking about what seemed like a surprise in the program, him you're, you're interviewing assistants per Zoom, and then a little bit later, you know, you've made the decision. But maybe, maybe he has known, as Drew said. He bought this, bought this other house. You know, maybe he was, all, he was taking us all for a swing and knew as soon as he lost that game uh, that he was done. I will say that you know, it's one of his best coaching jobs. This team that lost to Texas um, was down bad. Jalen Milrow demoted to, what, third string? Uh, was it South Florida? That the next game they were they were playing awful against, and you figured, my gosh, they're out, they're done for the season. Turns that thing around and uh, makes a run, obviously to the college football playoff. And so, one of his best coaching jobs, obviously, going out of the way. And the, and the other part of this, you know, Nick Saban, seventy two years old, stepping down. You've got Bill Belichick and and Pete Carroll, who's Bill Belichick seventy one. You mentioned it, Connor, and Pete Carroll seventy two, both wanting to go on. Both in and Carroll, we know, has got the energy of a of, of a. A kid going through puberty. It's crazy. Chewing I mean, that gum all yeah. the time. And, and Bill's a little bit different, less energy, but obviously both still want to go on. But for Nick Saban, it's a, it's, it looks like it's going to be a career, and we will certainly be glued into you know, what happens in terms of who's going to follow him. We mentioned the reports. 
that Dan Lanning is off the board, or at least has informed uh, Oregon that he is not leaving. So that's certainly a good thing for Oregon because I know those fans were biting their nails after they saw Dan. You know, as soon as this happened, Dan Lanning listed as the favorite. No, they were biting their nails pretty good. Not one Dan. That thing to be so such a short stint with Dan Lanning. So we'll see. Mike Norvell, Kalen DeBoer. You know where where they decide. Look, does Lane Kiffin get a call? You know all that to uh, to be determined as we go on. Um, I got another one. Next story. That was a long rundown item. I didn't realize that we had just done one. Well, it's kind of two, but, but we included Saban, yeah. and so we kind of get to. We just didn't give you the break, and Lord knows I needed to take the uh, the breath of air. We talked about this, but the particulars: Vince Williams Jr. Uh, gets signed up to a standard contract with the Memphis Grizzlies. The report from ESPN is that it's three years worth seven point nine million, and I think I saw from Woj has a team option for a fourth year. Uh, I hadn't read it necessarily in all of the stories, but I think from the Woj story, so uh, yes, has a team option for a fourth year. Woj call him. Like I, like I said, the word's out on Vince Williams, an outstanding wing defender. And I know Woj, you know, some of that's that information you get from uh, from the Grizzlies and it looks like Woj was talking to him pretty good, going to come from them. But Woj wouldn't write outstanding if he didn't believe that, that Vince Williams was well on his way to being a, uh, a good to elite defender in this league. And I think Vince Williams has, has proven that. And what's also is improving, and you hope it continues to do so, uh, is his offensive game. The Grizzlies had to waive center Bismack Biombo to create the roster spot. Uh, Woj seemed to indicate that he thought, and, and I think he said it from sources, that he thought the Grizzlies uh, could bring Biombo back later on. Uh, he goes on to say he does. Could be brought back again later in the season. His sources said, we know Grizz- uh, uh, Woj is talking to, uh, uh, to, to the front office. Grizzlies are expected to use the two-way contract slot opened up with Williams' new standard NBA deal to sign a center on a two-way deal, Woj's sources say. So should be some more movement here because you've opened up Vince's two-way deal. Maybe you can go get some a uh, little bit of center depth. I'm not sure exactly what that guy looks like, but uh, be interested to see if maybe later on you bring back Biombo or not. Again, what we've talked about with the way things have shifted in terms of the John Morant news, now Marcus Smart uh, going to be reevaluated in several weeks uh, due to a finger injury. You know, uh, how competitive do you want to be? Again, this is not a conversation where you're in front of Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain and telling them guys were about to let up. You're certainly not doing that. But in terms of Marcus Smart's now injured, you know what I'm saying? Why, why, if you're bringing back Biombo. Uh, only if it's uh, transactionally good does it make any sense to me at this point. Because, again, it, in losing, right, in, in, in not making the play-in, you stand to increase the asset that is your first-round draft pick. And so, again, I, got, I can beat all around the bush all day long around that tank word uh, and why that's you don't have to say it and you don't have to uh, say you don't need to say go lose, but you could absolutely in playing younger guys, and we're going to see more of this. We're going to see Gigi Jackson. I think Connor's with me. It's time, man. I mean, I mean Laravia, Zaire, and Roddy. We've seen more out there the last couple of games, uh, particularly with these vets down and out right now. Um, there's no need to overextend. Uh, although I realize. It's hard to tell the team that right now when the vibes are so good and you're coming off one of the best weekends, the best, uh, the most, one of the most improbable, unlikely three and and0 road trips maybe in franchise history just because of what was stacked against you and the fact that you lose John Morant during it second game you're an underdog in each of the three games and so it's hard to have this conversation right now because the vibes are so good but if, uh, uh, eventually all this shorthandedness again is going to the fact that you're thirtieth. Uh, last I looked, still I think you. I think you're 29th in offense. You'd gotten up off the mat, but 30th still in three-point field goal percentage. Even with the last three hot games, you know the, it's all sort of going to come back. 
So again, there there are still things to be gotten out of this season. I think most of it is trying to preserve and improve your assets, and and signing Vince Williams Jr. to this is a fantastic deal. Drew's right, Connor's right. He's going to outplay this deal by year two probably if he stays on the current trajectory that he's on. Again, eight you know eight million for three years with a team option for a fourth that is a fantastic value deal for the Grizzlies. And again, for you and hopefully Vince Williams Jr. playing here or even for another team. If you you know again if you decide that that contract to me is an is an asset especially at that value that you're getting for Vince Williams Jr. with the word out on him that uh, he can be a good to elite defender in this league and possibly a great three and D guy we'll see um, uh, Xavier Tillman Sr. Uh, is expected to fill in at center in the time being. Our man DeMichael Cole uh, reports from over the commercial appeal and uh, obviously Jaron Jackson Jr. You get Santi back in here and hopefully healthy. You brought up the question off air to me, Connor, or think, I think someone commented on, on X maybe that you saw. No need to rush Brandon Clark back or play him at this point. Brad and I have touched on it and said maybe if it was in a ramp-up situation where you just want to see him out there running and letting him get the feel again. But even at this point, I mean, why bring – even if he's ahead of schedule, as some, some suggest, is there any reason to bring him back at this point? Again, all of the goals should be focused on being healthy and ready next season. And again – Perhaps in a bounce-back spot like we've talked about. Hadn't said it today, but in that bounce-back spot like Golden State after they had to regroup from Clay's injury and then Denver, you know, regrouping from the Jamal Murray injury. Uh, There's a good possibility, again, that you can put yourself in that position. And I think moves, again, like signing Xavier Tillman, uh, excuse me, like signing Vince Williams Jr. uh, uh, can help you get to that, certainly. Um, we are going to take a break. Lord knows I need to take a breath, but we've got plenty more to get to. we got to get back to that Tigers game. I've got this, this, this question about this Mikey Williams saga. Maybe it'll help put it all to an end, but we did get Mikey Williams' side of things and why he felt like he needed to enter the transfer portal yesterday, and we have had Penny Hardaway speak now on the Mikey Williams situation since he's entered the transfer portal. He spoke on it after the Tigers, you know, close overtime win last night. We still have got to get to that. Uh, feels like a lot going on all through the sports world. We're going to try to hit every bit of it. Don't go away. You're listening to J&J 92.9 FM ESPN. Now, back to the Jason and John Show, live from the Leaders Credit Union Studios. Let Leaders Credit Union champion your financial story. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. At leaderscu.com slash ESPN. 92.9 FM. ESPN. You want to see the future of basketball or certainly the future of basketball training and how you get better and you get developed, you head out to Shoot 360. They're at 85 Market Center Drive in Collierville. It's a wonderful place. It's a place that our man Thaddeus Young, a Toronto Raptor, longtime NBA veteran, Memphis product, has invested in because he knows this technology is the wave of the future. Steph and Clay have honed their skills on this technology, and you can too. But it's not just shooting. It's ball handling. Uh, it's passing. It's everything. They've got these huge interactive video boards. Uh, that help you. It's basically like a video game. If you haven't seen them, your kid's going to love them. But uh, uh, you're going back trying to hit the target with the ball. It's good. You can mimic the moves, the combo moves that you see. So it's my point that I'm trying to make here is that it's your entire game that Shoot 360 can improve, and you're going to love it as a mom or a dad, aunt or an uncle, because you're not paying an arm or a leg. They've got a bunch of great membership options out there. The only thing you need to do is see it. Uh, and see how impressed you will be. And I promise you, you'll be signing up. Your kid's going to absolutely love it. Like we said, we call it the future of basketball training in Memphis. The thing is, the future is happening right now at Shoot 360. Go see them once again at 85 Market Center Drive in Carville. Okay, we talked about how the Tigers dodged the upset bullet in college basketball last night. Boy, was it going around five by my count, five ranked teams went down last night, including Kansas, including number 5 Tennessee, to unranked teams. Memphis was able to avoid uh, that bug, and that bug been going around uh, again in college basketball. One and two went down the day before in Purdue and Houston. Uh, we talked about the game a little bit, and we'll talk more about it at 125 with Jeff Calkins, the close call that that was and the disaster that Memphis avoided uh, in beating UTSA 107-101 last night in overtime. Real quick, though, uh, and, and maybe to put this to bed for good, uh, but I did want to go ahead and put a bow on it. Penny Hardaway, after the game, after the win, was asked about Mikey Williams' decision to transfer. I believe it was the first time publicly he had addressed it. He may have said, touched on it at his radio show on Monday, but if he did, I missed it. And he, it doesn't look like it from the way he was asked about it after last night's win again over UTSA. Uh, I, my man Jason Munns over the Commercial Appeal wrote about it. And Penny Hardaway said, uh, this is the quote, he has the right to do what he needs to do for himself, and I wish him well. Remember, it's not just Mikey, uh, who never, uh, you never saw in a Tigers uniform, obviously with his legal troubles, had to handle all that in California, was enrolled in online classes, was even listed on the roster online, but you, did not see him like you did J.J. Taylor. J.J. Taylor, my point, also leaving and jumping in that transfer portal as well. So Penny Hardaway was talking uh, about the pair of them, both of them leaving. And he, he said, and, and he, he went on to say how, you know, he'll stay in contact with Mikey and how he's rooting for him. He says, I think those young men, both Williams and Taylor, both have bright futures and they have every right to do what they want. I really wanted to coach both. I really did. Mikey and I are still in touch, but he has a right to do what he needs to do for himself, and I wish him well. I'm going to stay in touch with him for sure. Now, yesterday, and I know it, it appeared on On3, we had had uh, uh, the letter was sent as well to On3. Mikey Williams' attorney 
uh, sent us and obviously the other media outlets on three as well. Uh, the his side of the story, I'll I'll put it that way, and sort of these a response to the criticism that his client Mikey Williams is bailing, you know, on Memphis and on Penny Hardaway, who, you know, and we've said it. I mean, we've done went to the hilt, put his as Penny's put his neck out there for Mikey, backed him up, uh, even through the time where Mikey's charges had, had grown to nine felony charges. You know, Penny still said, listen, we, we want the best for this kid. We're going to let the legal process play out, but had his back. And so it was, you know, for those that had come to the conclusion, and Mikey, man, you know, uh, man, you turned on Penny. You turned on the program and leaving you. He had your back. You don't have his. You're not willing to wait until next season. At least this response is sort of uh, this response from Mikey's Williams uh, attorney is an answer to that. And, again, I'm not going to sit up here and tell you that, you know, Mikey Williams doesn't have an agenda, but he does have a side. And here's his 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 main point. I, I won't read you the whole thing. Um, it's a few graphs, but I will read you this point. Um, it, it it sounds like pretty much when Mikey Williams got his nine felony charges knocked down, uh, uh, pled guilty to one, and it, but it's going to get knocked down so long as he handles business off uh, out of court. You know, uh, uh, classes, those kinds of things was going to get knocked down to a misdemeanor. Once we got that news, and once Mikey Williams got that news, his hope was to be admitted uh, through this committee first that's got to consider it, uh, through this committee, his hope to be uh, clearly admitted and enrolled at Memphis and with the team this year. His, his lawyer had indicated to us that they would be willing to wait. And remember, his sentencing isn't going to happen officially until next August. And it actually had been set up on that date, one of Mikey's attorneys had said, to help clear it so that he could then enroll in school. But the point, the point is, that sentencing, the final part of this legal process, was, it, it's not done. Even though Mikey, you know, publicly, it's, it's, you're done. You've been cleared of, of, of uh, at least eight of the felony charges. But it's not done. It's not over. Memphis's committee was not done, obviously, reviewing and, and may not have been intending to do so until you were closer again to next year once, again, the official legal process is over. Um, Here's what, again, Mikey Williams' attorney said, though, that weeks went by and Mr. Williams stopped receiving responses from the university. It became clear to Mr. Williams that having him play this season was not a priority for the university. What was even more frustrating, again, this is uh, 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 Mikey Williams' attorney for Mikey Williams, was that Mr. Williams learned that the committee, which was, again, supposed to look over his admittance, was also going to decide whether or not he would be allowed to play in the 2024-25 season, even after being sentenced to a misdemeanor. This was not something that Mr. Williams even thought was up for discussion. This caused him to take immediate action to protect the prospect of him playing collegiate basketball in the 2024-25 season. So the way the lawyer lays it out is that in waiting, if I had to continue to wait, putting, speaking for Mikey here, and then the committee... This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.